welcome to week two of the Process Fantasy Football Podcast for the 2020 season. My name is Aaron Larson. As you may know, you can find me on Twitter at AA Larson, and you can find this podcast on Twitter as well at The Process FFP. Let me give a quick explanation if you're new here. Every week, I break down the slate of NFL games and I make my personal suggestions to you uh, based on who you should be attacking or avoiding in fantasy football for the upcoming week. I use that terminology, attack and avoid, because I feel like that's more useful than saying start sit. Um, It applies to streaming. It could apply to playing the waiver wire. It could apply to making trade offers. It could apply to making DFS lineups. My goal is to always get this done in about 30 minutes or less. Um, Yeah, and that's, that's about it. Luckily, now that we are past week one, we have some actionable data that we can actually use, although it's still a very small sample size. So as the season goes on, Hopefully this show gets better. Uh, we were off to an okay start on week one. So let's go through the recap of that really quickly first. In my quarterbacks, I was attacking last week. Tyrod Taylor, Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater. None of those guys finished in the top 12. Bridgewater was the closest at QB 15. Again, week one, what can you do? Um, the avoids for quarterback, so... Those are a bit better. I said I was very low on Breeze compared to the rest of the the industry, and that turned out good. He finished as QB 23. I was also avoiding Ryan Tannehill and Daniel Jones. They both were uh, QB 16 or or lower as well. So running backs, uh, I was attacking Josh Jacobs. That was obvious, but he was my running back. Uh, he wasn't my one, my running back one on the week, but he was up there. He finished as a running back one in the week, so I was glad. I especially said how much I liked him in DFS. Um, I had him everywhere in DFS, so that worked out pretty well. I also said I liked Devin Singletary, Sony Michelle, and Carlos Hyde last week. Um, you know, in varying varying levels there, but uh, Sony Michelle and Carlos Hyde, like I said, uh, they might fall into the end zone, and that's exactly what they did. So that worked out. Uh, I was avoiding all of the ambiguous backfields last week. Uh, so uh, the ones I named specifically were Washington, Detroit, Jacksonville, and the Rams. Now, of those, the leaders in those backfields were Peyton Barber, Adrian Peterson, uh, James Robinson, we probably could have guessed, uh, although there was some Chris Thompson love, uh, and then Malcolm Brown. So at least three of those four were probably not the guy you would have picked to lead the backfield. So I feel good avoiding them, and I'm kind of still avoiding them except for uh, Robinson, and probably Malcolm Brown is worth playing. My attack wide receivers last week, um, I tried to specifically go deeper there last week. Nicole Harbin was a big swing and a miss. Uh, Steven Sims turned out okay against Philadelphia. He had some catches at least. Uh, my biggest hit of the week, though, had to be MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who had a huge game for the Packers. I don't think he's going to be reliable, consistent all year, but I think he's going to have games like this. And then I also liked Trent Taylor as a deep dart throw last uh, last week. Uh, he had five targets, but he did not catch many of them because Jimmy Garoppolo was not very good. But that's okay. That was a deep throw. Uh, deep dart throw, that is. Um, I was avoiding A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton, who ended up not playing, and the Patriot wide receivers. Uh, those were pretty good calls, too. A.J. Brown did not come through very big. Julian Edelman was the best of the group at wide receiver 31 on the week. So eh, I'll call that a push. Uh, Nikhil Harry, who I was avoiding because I wanted to see what he would do. 
he actually would have done okay if he didn't fumble through the end zone, but it is what it is. Why? Oh, no, I did wide receivers. Tight ends. Um, I was attacking Blake Jarwin, who unfortunately is now done for the year. So that's too bad. That was a bummer. Um, I was attacking Ian Thomas, who didn't do very good. Uh, I was hoping he'd get more ends, red zone targets, but not to the case yet. Still could come through later on in the year. I did mention Greg Olson, who caught a touchdown from Russell Wilson. As I mentioned, Russell Wilson loves tight ends. Irv Smith did not do much. Uh, avoiding, I said to avoid Gronk. That was a good call, tight end 36. I said avoid Austin Hooper. That was a good call, tight end 33. Uh, and then my defenses. I was attacking the Chargers defense against rookie Joe Burrow. That was a good call. Uh, Chargers finished as the DST4. I said to attack the Colts defense. Yeah, the mixed results there. Not great. And I said avoid. No, uh, yeah, avoid. I said avoid the Bears defense, which was a good call. They finished as the DST 20 on the week. So that is the quick, quick, if I can enunciate, the quick recap of last week. Okay, let's get into week two. We still have a full slate of games. Bye weeks have not started yet. So we have our usual Sunday games, big full day of Sunday games. Sunday night is the Patriots and Seahawks. Monday night is the Saints and the Raiders. Some of the matchups that really attacked this week with very high expected point totals. Uh, the Ravens against the Texans over under a 52. Uh, Baltimore favored by seven in that game. And then the Falcons and Cowboys over under a 53 with the Cowboys only favored by four and a half. So that could be a shootout. Uh, a lot of lower scoring games projected this week. Uh, and they're kind of ugly matchups. Jacksonville at Tennessee, 42 points. Denver and Pittsburgh, 41 and a half. San Francisco and the Jets, 42 and a half. Buffalo, Miami, 41. Giants in Chicago, 42. Those are all below average. So lots of stuff to avoid, but a couple of nice matchups to attack. Weather does not look like it's going to be much of anything. Maybe some rain down in Florida, Miami, and Tampa, but nothing that looks like it's going to be anything serious. So let's jump in and start making our recommendations on the week. Starting, as usual, with the attack. So these are the positions or the players at these positions that I am looking to start, stream, trade for, get into DFS, whatever it might be. Starting at quarterbacks, and I have to admit, I actually think I am going to start Phillip Rivers in some places this week. Uh, Rivers, now for the Colts, is playing against the Vikings at home in the Dome in Indy this week. He had 363 passing yards last week, the third most in the NFL, uh, but he only threw one touchdown. He did throw a couple of picks. That's sort of been the, the bugaboo for Rivers. He needs to avoid those interceptions. But the Minnesota secondary was brutal last week. I don't think it was just the fact that Aaron Rodgers had a rebirth. I think it helped that the Vikings have a very young secondary that can be beaten. Uh, on top of that, Paris Campbell... Looked great last week. T.Y. Hilton came out healthy, so he can always break a big play. Uh, Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor were both used in the passing game. So either one of those guys can take a short pass all the way to the house. They both have tremendous speed and uh, ball-carrying ability and pass-catching ability. And then you still always have Jack Doyle and the rookie Michael Pittman. Those are big-body guys that can make red zone plays. So... I think you can do a lot worse than Rivers 
at quarterback this week. So I'm not afraid to start him. Don't get crazy. I don't have him ranked in my top 10, but I have him pretty high. Like I would be just fine starting Rivers, uh, especially in Superflex. Uh, two other guys I'm going to mention, Tom Brady, who did not look good in his pa- oh, Patriots, did not look good in his Buccaneers debut last week. Uh, but he has a good bounce back opportunity this week against a very bad Carolina defense. The game is in Tampa. Uh, a little questionable now that you hear that uh, Chris Godwin's in the concussion protocol, but he does have other weapons. Uh, Evans, Mike Evans is hopefully a week healthier. You have OJ Howard who showed up a little bit finally. I'll talk about him later. Scotty Miller looked pretty good. He might be the Godwin replacement. Gronk is still around, so he could catch a touchdown or two as well. And I mentioned Tyrod last week, Tyrod Taylor, that is. He didn't really come through, but I still think he's an okay deep play, uh, especially as a quarterback, too, in like a super flex league. Uh, Going up against the Chiefs, they are most likely going to be in catch-up mode or at least uh, keep-up mode, if nothing else. And I think the Chargers are going to have to kind of come to their senses and realize we should probably use this Austin Eckler guy in the passing game a little bit. That should only help Tyrod. He was taking shots to Mike Williams downfield. That's encouraging. Hunter Henry uh, had, no, that's not in front of me, but he had a, a solid game with targets and catches. And Keenan Allen is still there. So I am just fine rolling out Tyrod, like I said, especially as like a QB2 uh, super flex option. Okay, on to running backs I'm attacking. Elvin Kamara. Yeah, that's obvious, right? But the uh, reason I'm mentioning it is because I have him ranked as my top running back this week ahead of CMC ahead of Saquon, ahead of Zeke. Kamara is my number one guy this week. They're going up against, uh, ooh, why is this in front of me? Las Vegas. Going up against Las Vegas on Monday night. Las Vegas gave up 27 fantasy points just to McCaffrey last week. Uh, I think Kamara could easily duplicate that. He's probably going to get some extra targets now that uh, Michael Thomas has been ruled out. And he already had eight targets last week. This matchup just makes him, it's, it's mouthwatering. Get him into your DFS lineups. Obviously, you're starting him everywhere else. Um, Side note, this matchup against the Raiders, I think it makes Latavius Murray playable as well, like a flex option starting kind of option. He can definitely find his way into the end zone. Okay, next, um, David Montgomery. He was. We were all worried about him last week, worried about him all preseason. Uh, Didn't have any preseason games. He had that awful-looking camp injury on film, but he played last week. He played pretty much a full workload like they said he would, and he had no ill effects from that groin injury. He carried the ball 13 times for 64 yards. Sure, nothing to write home about, but it also was not a bust. Uh, he was targeted three times, caught one for 10. So uh, very respectable. And now he's taking on the Giants this week. Uh, so Benny Snell kind of ran all over the Giants last week. I think David Montgomery can probably be as good as Benny Snell. So, yeah, I have him ranked as my running back 19 on the week. I am definitely okay playing him. Moving on, uh, Miles Sanders. Uh, he just needs that confidence boost for me here, or maybe you need the confidence boost. He practiced fully today. If he keeps practicing in full and he's active, I am playing him. I'm a little cautious. He's ranked as my running back 12 on the week. But if you're if you're in the top 12, you're playing. Uh, Lane Johnson back as well on the O-line this week, uh, practicing at least. So he should be playing. Definitely, definitely roll him out. So those three guys I have full confidence in. If we want to go a little bit deeper, uh, I'm not giving up on DeAndre Swift. 
And it's weird because I was not a big DeAndre Swift guy in the offseason process, but he played on 44% of the snaps last week as a rookie. And I know he had that atrocious drop in the end zone that would have won the game for Detroit. But still, he has the most big play potential in this Detroit backfield. He can run and catch the ball. So if you're in uh, need of a deep play, I think that he might have some deep value and he can always bust off a big play or he could always catch a half a dozen passes and all of a sudden he's fantasy relevant. Now, really, really deep. Uh, Miles Gaskin, apparently the number one primary running back in Miami. He played on 63% of the snaps last week. That's not just good for Miami. That's good for any running back with so many committees now. Um, again, nothing to necessarily write home about, but nine carries for 46 yards, four targets, four catches, 26 yards. I mean, that's respectable. And if he gets a little bit more of the load, I know it's a tough matchup this week. So he's at least worth picking up. I he was actually available in several dynasty leagues and I put in uh, more than half of my fab in one league. No, in both leagues, more than half of my fab to pick him up. So I, you're, he's a desperation start this week, but definitely get him on your roster if you can. Wide receivers. Uh, my favorite wide receiver start of the week is Amari Cooper. First is the Atlanta Falcons. And again, I get it. He's one of those guys that you're probably starting no matter what. Uh, people were avoiding him last week because he was going up against Jalen Ramsey. It's fine, I guess. He still performed. Uh, this week, he goes up against the Falcons in the highest over-under scoring game projected of the week. Um, he's still the alpha receiver in Dallas. He had 14 targets last week. That was nine more than... Uh, Michael Gallup had eight more than C.D. Lamb had. He more than doubled those guys up. I have him at wide receiver seven on the week, and it's at home. Uh, I, it's not in front of me, but uh, Ian Harditz tweeted out all the uh, home games that he has played in Jerry World, and there's pretty good numbers there. So I'm looking for a big week from Cooper this week. The next up, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., the just the, the dog of the fantasy world right now. Going up against Cincinnati, that's the Thursday night game. Uh, but I'm I'm willing to give him one more chance. I know it was disappointing, but it was a really rough matchup against Baltimore last week. He still got 10 targets. They're trying to get him the ball. He actually, if you look at uh, penalties and stuff, he had 14 targets. A couple of those were pass interference and defensive holdings that he was able to draw. So I just, this is the last straw. I get it. And if he just disappoints this week, we got problems, but I'm going to roll him out there this week and I would not be shocked by a huge blow up week. I'm sorry if that sounds like a broken record. I swear this is the last time I'm going to do this. Uh, he also was a big trade target this week. I wrote up, um, it should be coming out Thursday. So today, if you're listening to this or it's already out a uh, trade article write up that Jeff Greenwood does, I put my little blurb. I'm trading for OBJ if I can. And then Scotty Miller for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mentioned him a little bit earlier. He had six targets last week with five catches, and now Godwin might be out. So, I mean, he's going to get targets. It's a bad defense in Carolina. Brady could be bouncing back. He's not uh, He's not a top player or anything, but he is definitely somebody worth playing in deeper leagues, PPR formats, uh, flex, those kinds of things. Tight ends, I am attacking Tyler Higby. Did not put up the biggest week last week, but he did play on 89% of the snaps last week, which I know was a big discussion all offseason of 
Higby was one of the hottest tight ends early, and then it started fading when people thought about the personnel and Gerald Everett and this and that, but Higby was out there. Uh, Gerald, Gerald Everett might be banged up, and he plays against the Eagles. The Eagles just made uh, Logan Thomas the tight end seven last week. So I think Higby could have a huge week in the making. Speaking of Logan Thomas, I like him too. Uh, he did. He had eight targets last week. That was the second most among all tight ends in the NFL. He turned that into four catches and a touchdown. He's playing against the Arizona Cardinals this week, who they were the tight end sieve last season. So I am totally okay rolling him out. And then my third tight end that I'm targeting, uh, O.J. Howard. He Possibly the post-hype sleeper of the year. Six targets, turned them into four catches and a touchdown last week against the Saints. That one touchdown matched the amount of touchdowns he had last season. So it's all, all downhill from here, or uphill from here. Whatever phrase is more positive. Positive things coming for O.J. Howard. I think I'm going to... I just picked him up as uh, George Kittle insurance in a league. So we'll see. Uh, I guess I will mention one more, Chris Herndon. Just because there's rumors or uh, reports now that Jamison Crowder has been limited. So if Crowder is limited, there's not anybody else left on the Jets except for Prashad Perryman, I guess. Chris Hogan. So yeah, Herndon could be in for, in for plenty of targets. It's gross with the Jets, but... If I'm in dire straits, I will play Herndon. Quick defensive uh, DSTs. So I my favorite streaming kind of lower mid-range option that could actually be good this week, the Cleveland Browns defense against Cincinnati. That's the Thursday night game. So you got to get your lineups set uh, ASAP if you're listening to this. But the Browns play, like I said, Cincinnati. That's against Joe Burrow, a, a rookie who did not light the world on fire in week one, and now it's on a short week. It's a quick turnaround. So I think that's going to be enough struggle right there. And then you have Miles Garrett on the other side of the ball, who could just make it a nightmare day for Burrow and the Bengals. So I like Cleveland quite a bit there. The other one I like is the Chicago Bears defense. They were one of my avoids last week, and that panned out. But now they play the Giants this week, and Daniel Jones, just he might just be a turnover machine. So I think the Bears are definitely worth taking a look at if you are in need of a defense. Okay, so those are all of the players and positions that I am attacking in week two of the 2020 season. Okay, time to get into the avoids of the week. The players at positions that I am kind of staying away from in week two of the season. So my first one, again, this is one of my favorite players, but I have to say it, Gardner Minshew, I'm going to avoid this week. Uh, and again, he's a, a fine second quarterback, like in a super flex league. But I am not going out of my way to start him against against the Titans. So most quarterbacks um, are being started in a single quarterback league for me over Minshew. I have him as the quarterback 21. You know, if they have a positive game script like they did last week, it wasn't even that positive last week, and he still only threw the ball 20 times. So I just don't think the volume is going to be there. I know he'll, he'll add a little with his legs. And he'll put some passes out, but I can't see him finishing in the top 12, which is what you're looking for from a quarterback in a single QB league. Uh, Matt Stafford, uh, this is going to be until he has a good matchup, and I still don't think the Packers are a, a great matchup. So Matt Stafford is just kind of an avoid, especially if Kenny Galladay remains out. The Packers have kind of a quietly good secondary with Jair Alexander and Kevin King. 
Uh, they held the Vikings in check pretty strong last week. I know Thielen had a relatively big game, but a little bit of that came in garbage time. So I'm going to avoid Stafford for now. And as I kind of alluded to in the defensive streaming, I'm not going to not ready to start rolling out Joe Burrow yet. I still do have him in a, as a, a third quarterback in some super flex leagues. And I could even see playing him if you need to in a super flex. But like I said, Cleveland defense, I think, is better than they showed against Baltimore. The short week kind of makes me a little nervous about him. So I am not going to be starting Joe Burrow. Um, at running back, the first guy I am avoiding is Zach Moss for the Buffalo Bills. They play the Dolphins. Good matchup. But I know Zach Moss finished with an okay fantasy outing last week. But really, he was unproductive. He was nine carries for 11 yards on the ground, four targets for three catches and 16 yards in the air. He was saved by a touchdown catch that saved his fantasy day. Uh, and that was basically on a, like a scramble drill with, uh, from Josh Allen. That wasn't necessarily a designed targeted route. So now I'm not sold on Zach Moss quite yet. He was still outsnapped by Devin Singletary last week. Uh, Moss, 45% of the snaps, Singletary, 59%. He had the same amount of carries, but Singletary had way more yards, 30 yards compared to 11 on the same amount of carries. Singletary had more targets, more catches, more. The only thing that Moss had the leg up on, I get it. He had more touches inside the goal or inside the red zone. Uh, but other than that, and that's, I'm still not sold on that. So I'm going to stash Zach Moss. Don't get me wrong, but I am not going to start him this week unless I am desperate. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, big rookie, rookie debut, but I'm still not super comfortable starting him yet. I have him as my running back 29 on the week. So, you know, a middle RB3. It's not a tough matchup, but I'm just not really sure that he has totally got that role yet away from Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. It's just kind of a, a foggy backfield. Again, I, I'll start him as my flex maybe if I don't have any better options, but I another guy I would prefer to stash. And then Malcolm Brown with the Rams, huge week, but... I, you know, not going to see him uh, being into my starting lineup again, unless I, you know, if you're a zero RB guy and now you got Brown, slot him in. But most of the rosters I have already have two running backs that are probably better than Brown. So he's startable. I have him ranked as my RB 33 on the week uh, against the Eagles. I just, I don't think Cam Akers is going away. I think he's just going to get stronger. And I think Daryl Henderson's just going to get healthier. So Malcolm Brown, uh, he's fine, but I can't see him. I'm not that excited about him. Wide receivers. I am going to avoid Emmanuel Sanders. And again, don't get me wrong. I, I will play him, but I, I, I'm i not going overboard. He's not Michael Thomas. Uh, five years ago, he might have been comparable, but he's not Michael Thomas and not near that level anymore. Uh, and just with this game against the Raiders, I think the Saints could just go ground and pound and just see a huge workload for Elvin Kamara and even Latavius Murray. Uh, Delvin, no, not Delvin. Jared Cook is still there. He could soak up some targets. Traquan Smith could see a bigger role. So I'm not as excited about Emmanuel Sanders as I'm sure some people are. Um, Robbie Anderson, I'm not chasing the points for Robbie Anderson yet. We've seen this before. I know it's a, a new team, very exciting, huge week. Uh, I'm still going to wait and see for some actual consistency. I think he'll, yeah, I think he'll have enough big weeks throughout the season, but I think they're going to be very tough to predict. This is a tougher matchup with Tampa Bay. 
that I know it's one week, but they gave up the sixth fewest points to wide receivers last week. And then was the Saints with Michael Thomas. So I'm not rushing to get Robbie Anderson in my lineup. And then Julian Edelman against Seattle. And it's not really the matchup. I just don't really trust the target volume uh, because I think the Patriots, as they showed, I think this is who they are now. I think they're going to run the ball as much as they can. And I think you can probably run a little bit on Seattle. They're not a strong uh, defense up front or up the middle. Uh, their linebackers are pretty good, but hopefully the point stands. Um, he, surprisingly, Edelman only played on 58% of the snaps on Sunday, and it was not a tough matchup against Miami. I get it. This might not be a shootout either. It's a you know middle-of-the-road point total over under 45 points. So not excited about Edelman. Not rushing to get him in either. Tight ends, really tough to say you should avoid any tight end that is productive or even semi-productive. So I'm sticking to my guns and doubling down. I am still avoiding Austin Hooper. Uh, two targets, two catches for 15 yards last year, the tight end, oh, last week, the tight end 20. So uh, yeah, it's a better matchup. Uh, David Njoku is out now for a while at least. Still not going to be starting Hooper. Uh, and then Gronkowski, again, doubling down. I don't care. I think we saw what he's going to be this year, which is a not great tight end, for, at least for fantasy purposes. Maybe he can still block. I didn't watch the blocking that closely, I'll be honest. But I don't think he's going to be a huge passing game target. And finally, the defenses. Last week, one of my um, good calls of the attacks last week was the Chargers defense. They were the DST4. That was a great matchup. I think they're still a good defense, but this is a tough matchup. It is the Chiefs, so it might be the worst matchup because we know the Chiefs score a lot of points, but they don't turn the ball over that much either. So, you know, hoping for that is not going to turn out well, I don't think. So, for instance, uh, you know, like I said, I have the Chargers as a attack last week. I started them in tons of leagues. Uh, in every league that I started the Chargers defense in, I dropped them and I replaced them with the Browns defense. So that's how I'm feeling about that. So those are my avoids for the week. That wraps up the show. So if you enjoyed this, please do me a huge favor. Please subscribe to the show on whatever format you're listening to. Apple, iTunes, uh, that's the same thing. Apple Podcasts, I guess is technical. Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whatever. Give me a listen. But then even more, if you could rate it, if you could review it, I would love to see some of those roll in. Follow me on Twitter at AA Larson. Follow me on the show at The Process FFP. Um, if you reach out to me there uh, with questions that you want specifically answered on this podcast, I will answer them there. I think that would be a fun thing to do. So reach out, uh, reach out and <laughs> let me know what you're thinking, what you got as a burning question for next week. Uh, these shows come out every Thursday. So I'm starting to ramble now. I'm going to call it. Thank you again. And one more time, please rate, review, subscribe. And good luck in week two.